Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Welcome one more time uh, to everyone here in the room and those watching online as well. Uh, did you guys have a good Christmas? Yeah. Wow, that was awful. Did you guys have a good Christmas? Yeah. I know the people at home are yelling way louder than y'all. The neighbors can hear them. You know. Hey, I just want to say, don't y'all just love that song? I just love the sentiment in that song, that the sentiment, not sentiment. But, but I love that, that part of the song that God can turn a grave into a garden. Like, I just love that. And, and wouldn't you agree that's kind of what we're all hoping for going into 2021? Amen. I mean, we're looking for the chance to start over and to start fresh. And, and listen, I, my message today is going to be a little bit different. Uh, if you've been with us on, the, on this week in previous years, I get a lot of opportunities to speak. And I usually talk about resolutions and how to keep good habits. And I'm, I'm doing something a little different today because, you know, the one thing that I've heard a lot about this year is vision. You know, we, well, we've heard a lot about division this year, but we've heard a lot about vision, you know, like what, what do you want for this next chapter? What do you want for this next year? And, you know, like our vision here at SCC is to give people an opportunity for a better life. I'm going to do that again because I know y'all know it. So our mission here is we exist to give people an opportunity for a better life. And, you know, God gave our pastor that vision and and, you know, here's the thing. Most people hear the word vision, and until you explain it, they don't get it. But So let me just make it simple for you. The word vision is your why. It's not what you do or who you are. It's why you do what you do and why you are who you are, right? So I, I'm a big uh, question asker. You could ask anybody here in our staff. I drive them nuts. I do. Uh, you can ask Pastor Tawny. I, I'm telling you, I give her so many headaches that like, you just wouldn't believe because when you tell me that I need to go tell people about something, I want to know why it's so important that they know. You know. And if you get emails from me periodically from the church and I'm sharing some information or, or like even through growth track or small groups, anything like that, I have to know why it is important before I can make sure that you know because otherwise... I'm not going to do a very good job, right? Like, you need to know why something's important before you teach it to your kid. And, and I got to be honest, I do drive people crazy with asking why. Sometimes it leads me to some very useless information, though. Like, I'm that guy. You, got, you know that guy that's got all the useless facts? You know, that's me, okay? I, and, and keep in mind that a question led me to everything I'm about to share with you. I know that there are 118 ridges around the outside of a dime makes you wonder, how did he get that answer? You know, what did he have to ask to get that? But, but I can also tell you that, and I do not recommend this, but if you shave a tiger, it's still striped. It's not just outside, you know, it's on the inside too, right? So, so you shave, please don't, don't ever attempt this. If you're watching at home, please, please don't try this. But I can also tell you that in the great state of Kentucky, it is illegal to have an ice cream in your back pocket. First, 
I don't know how I got to that one. I know that I did, and, and I, nev- I, I just never could figure out why that law came about. Something had to happen, right? Uh, but I can also tell you here, right here locally in the city of Atlanta, it is unlawful to tie your giraffe to a telephone pole. I don't know where the law came from. I just know that it exists. And so there are some weird things. There are some questions that I've asked that I couldn't get an answer. To this day, I couldn't get an answer. Like, why don't hot dog buns and hot dogs come in the same quantities? Why do I always get more buns than I have hot dogs? Or depending on the store you go to, sometimes it's vice versa, right? I think it's to get you to buy more hot dogs and pay, spend more money, but I don't know. Maybe the bread and the wiener companies are in cahoots. I, I don't know. I can't answer that. Uh, I can also not answer why they make sick people walk all the way to the back of the store to get their medicine. You ever wonder that? You got to go all the way in the back. Even in a, it's a pharmacy. The whole store should have my medicine, right? Another one, and, and, and this one might be a little dated, but in World War II, the kamikaze pilots, right? They, they flew planes into ships and buildings. Why did they wear helmets? It, these... I can't always find the answers, you know, it's like, why, why do, if I, if I stop in the middle of nowhere, why do I have to have a key to use the, the, the gas station bathroom? And I think I got an answer to that. I think they're afraid that you'll clean it. You know what I mean? I think they're afraid that you'll clean it. But here's the thing. I feel like if you're like me and you ask a lot of questions, I feel like you're in good company because you know who else did? Jesus asked a lot of questions. He asked a lot of really good questions. He asked some thought-provoking, some life-changing questions. And I believe that the heart of Jesus was behind the heart of a book. In 2014, John Maxwell wrote a book called Good Leaders Ask Great Questions. Good Leaders Ask Great Questions. Now, you're probably wondering, Chris, where are you going with this? Well, here's a quote from the book. Good leaders ask great questions that inspire others to dream more, think more, learn more, do more, and become more. Now, if you think about moving into 2021, well, if I want to be more next year than I am right now, maybe I need to ask some better questions, right? Maybe I need to ask some better questions. And so my goal today is, today's sermon title is this, four questions to answer before 2021. Now, you're probably thinking, well, Chris, you're not giving us very much time. You're right, I'm not. So it's only a couple of days. But I believe that if you can answer these questions, you can become more like Jesus next year. You can grow more in God's character next year. And like Maxwell said about good leaders asking great questions, you can be more next year. And I think all of us want that, right? Amen. Amen. Number one is this, if you'll write this down. How can I do a better job of loving others? We're swinging from the fences right out of the gate, church, so buckle up. How can I do a better job of loving others? Now, notice that it doesn't say, how can I do a better job of loving others if they agree with me or vote like me or look like me or believe like me or have the same status as me or have the same job as me, and it certainly doesn't say as long as they love me back. See, because this is a personal question. This isn't a question about them. It's not about them. It's about me. It's about you. It's about us. How can I do a better job of loving others? Let's be honest. This year has been trying. Amen? I have never seen, you have never seen more people at each other's throats that were hugging one week and wanting to kill each other the next week over all the issues that we have faced this year. 
We've had, we've had, I mean, you, you name it, depending on which channel you're watching and getting your news from. Literally, I saw this myself. On one channel, I watched a peaceful protest that inspired me and motivated me, right? I watched this peaceful protest and I was like, yes, that's, praise God, we all need to love one another. And on the very next channel, when I flipped, the same city's burning down. Now, here's the question I had is how can the same city have both things happening at one time unless somebody wants me to see it a certain way? Have you thought about that? That's where I was at. It all depends on what message somebody wants me to see. And I don't know who somebody is, but I believe that we, we sometimes got to put things into their proper perspective. Amen? It is so important so important that we can answer these questions so that we can move forward better. And like I said, the first one is how do I love people better? Well, here's what Jesus said in John 13, 35. It's one of the most quoted passages in scripture. And he says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples, not your love for me. Jesus didn't say how much you love me. He didn't say how much you love your friends, your family. He said your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. And this fact was so important. It is so imperative to the Christian faith that the same author that wrote the book of John, where Jesus said that, in 1 John, he echoes it two more times. Now, let me put that in today's context. Imagine you sent somebody a text message you know, it's one of those, you know, not, not the ones that has to have like 12 paragraphs, you know, and you're, you're just like too long, don't read. But the ones that's like a paragraph long and you do read it. Now imagine somebody saying the same sentence twice in that same paragraph because it was that important for you to get. As a matter of fact, he would even say that it's impossible to love God if you don't love one another. And he kind of threw a little sarcasm with it, almost as to say, who are you to even say that you love God if you don't love your neighbor? That's, it was that important. And, and let me just say this. I don't want to get on my soapbox, but I do want to tell you, and listen, I'm talking to myself too on this. But did you know, did you know that not one heart has ever been changed by an angry Facebook post or a sarcastic meme? Not one heart has ever been changed by that. So just think that, just think about that. You know, I remember being a kid, and uh, when, when I was a teenager, I think I was sixth, seventh grade, and uh, does anybody remember the WWJD bracelets? Like, I mean, they're starting to kind of make a comeback, you know, but it was a thing. Like, when I was in youth group, I mean, I remember my first day of homeroom of seventh grade. Uh, people would have the wristbands, the, the key lanyards, you know, and you don't even need a key lanyard in the seventh grade, but people would still have them because it had it on it. They'd have anklets, hats, T-shirts. It was all over the place. It was a fashion statement to say, what would Jesus do? But we never answered the question, did we? And remember, that's what the, today's message is all about. There's a brand out now, and maybe you've seen it, but it says WWJD on one side, and on the other, it says HWLF. So it answers the question, what would Jesus do? He would love first. Before he would rebuke, before he would tell somebody they were wrong, before he would say, no, you need to read my word, he would love them first. Isn't that hard to do? Isn't that so hard to do? Answering these four questions ain't going to be easy, but I think we can get through it together. There are two examples. Listen, we follow Jesus, we want to live like he did. There are two examples found in Luke 22. And I'm not going to read them to you, but one of them, he washes the feet of the disciple that betrays him. The disciple that betrayed him, 
he washed his stinky feet. Just a couple of verses later, one of his own disciples, when he begins to be arrested, slices off the ear. I mean, just, just completely slices off the ear of, of, of one of the guard's helpers or one of the priest's helpers, and Jesus rebukes his friend for doing it and heals his ear. What would Jesus do? He would love first. I'm going to tell you something, church. You know, people in my life have hurt me just like people in your life have hurt you. Like anybody in here been hurt? Right, okay, so everybody. We've all been hurt. People have hurt me just like they hurt Jesus. They, they've cut me deep. I've had mentors that cut me deep. I've had family members that, that hurt me deeply and badly. I've, my wife, Jessica, listen, if you've been married longer than a minute, you know how to hurt one another. I mean, that's just the way it works. It's our human nature to be hurtful sometimes. And we fight against it and we fight against it. But, but here's the thing. Sometimes you can change your perspective. Sometimes you can change your perspective. And when people are hurting you, you can realize I have something here to be grateful for. I don't know what it is, but, but I have something here to be grateful for. And you know what? Even if, even if, fill in the blank, I'm going to choose to love you. It's going to hurt. It's not going to be fun. But I'm going to choose to love you. Amen? Amen. Let's move ahead. So we asked, how can I do a better job of loving others? Number two is this, how can I grow in my spiritual journey? How can I grow in my spiritual journey? You know, a spiritual journey, let's define this in case you're thinking, well, what is that? You know, I, that, that sounds different or foreign to me. What is a spiritual journey? It is simply your daily walk as a Christian, your daily walk with Christ from from. A to B. So let's say we're talking just 2021. How do we grow in our spiritual journey from the first day of 2021 to the end? How do we do that? You know, and the thing is, all of us are on that journey. People that don't believe in God are on some form of, some form of spiritual journey. Did you know that? Because every day they encounter people like you. We are all on one. But here's the thing. The thing about a spiritual journey is... God actually wants you to get it right more than you want you to get it right. Did you know that? He wants your spiritual journey to be paved in gold more than you do. He wants that for you. But here's what I can tell you is that is, is we've heard pastor talk about this several times throughout this year, but without connection, there's no direction. So if I'm trying to go on a journey with no directions, I'm in trouble. You ever been, on, you, you ever been driving somewhere on vacation and your GPS just dies out? You know, and I'm a guy to be honest with you. I don't know how to use a map anymore. It's been a long time. You know, I get out the, the old uh, atlas and I'm lost. But without connection, there's no direction. So the question that I would ask you today is what connects you to the heart of God? What brings connection in your spiritual walk? Some people might say prayer. That's a good one. Some people may say fasting. We'll be going into one of those uh, with prayer and fasting for 21 days in January. Uh, some people may say reading God's word or coming to church or attending a small group or, or, or reading, reading, uh, reading certain books about the Bible. There's lots of things, right? Worship. It's some, you know, here am I, and, and, and in this order, what connects me to the heart of God is my Bible, worship, and prayer. Well, Chris, you, you put worship before prayer. I did. Sometimes you can do both of those at the same time. You ever done that? That's good for the heart. It's good for the soul. You know, our pastor has 
words for the year. He's talked several times, you know, his for this year was fear less. He hyphenated it and kind of made two words into his word for the year. He said he wanted to go into the year not, not being fearless, but fearing less. And what a year he chose as a lead pastor of a church to fear less. I have a word for this year, uh, this coming year, and it's simply this. It's just gratitude. That's, that's what I want my year to be about this year. Gratitude. You know, it's hard to be hateful when you're grateful, amen? Gratitude. And listen, no matter what somebody does, some, does to me, there's going to be something I can be grateful for. And I'm going to choose to look at everything through that lens, even when it hurts. You know, I have no idea where my spiritual journey for the next 12 months is going to take me, but I can tell you that the bricks on that road will be filled with gratitude. That's where I'm going. Maybe that's a good word for you. I don't know. I can't tell you what yours is for the year, but that's where I'm going. And another thing I can tell you is that consistency with that connection to the heart of the Father, whatever way that is, whether it's worship or prayer, and gratitude is going to lead me into all of those, by the way, but whatever, consistency with connection will always give you consistency and connection. No, consistency and connection. Sorry, too many words that rhyme. I'm not Pastor Jeff, forgive me. Uh, consistency and connection will always bring consistency and direction. Over and over, it's like a muscle. The more you work it, the stronger it gets. You know what I mean? You following me, church? You know, bad habits do the same thing. Have you ever noticed that? They start off small and before you know it, you're doing it every day, you know, or every five minutes. Bad habits start the same way, but so does breaking a bad habit. Choosing to not do it once. Somebody told me once that uh, they quit smoking cold turkey. And I said, well, I don't, I don't think you did. Did you want a cigarette afterwards? Yeah. What about the week after that? Yeah. Yeah, I wanted one almost every hour after that is what the guy said. I said, then you have chosen to quit over and over and over and over. And that is consistency, which gives you the desired result. I remember uh, the first time somebody told me I needed to get 10,000 steps a day. Do you know how hard that is for the first time? Like, I, I'm not... I'm not Listen, I can't be on an island here. Somebody else knows what I'm saying. When you first turn that Fitbit on, and then you see I'm not wearing it today. When you turn on that Fitbit, and it says you got to get 10,000 steps, I was like, somebody gave me the wrong watch here. here. This, is, this is not me. But you know what? You don't start at 10,000, right? If you start at 1,000, 2,000, 4,000, wherever you start, and every day you just try to be a little bit better than you were the day before, eventually 10,000 is in the rear view, and you don't even need to wear the watch anymore, Right? Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Two of y'all know what I'm talking about. Here's what Zechariah says, and I believe he said this during a time where things were hard. It was hard in people's hearts for them to get where they needed to get. And, and they were actually trying to rebuild parts of Jerusalem. And this is what Zechariah said in chapter 8, verse 9. He said, this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Be strong and finish the task. Be strong and finish the task. I'm challenging you to do the same today. When you hear the rest of these, uh, these four questions, be strong and finish the task. Figure out how to answer these. They're going to make your life better. You know, we've talked a lot this church year, this calendar year of 2020 about habits, right? You've heard a, you've heard a lot of talk about it. And, uh, you know, one of the most important habits, I believe, is gathering with other believers. I'm going to say that again and hope somebody amens. One of the most important spiritual habits we can have is gathering with other believers. Amen. amen. You know, one of the things that we saw earlier this year, though, is the church left the building. We didn't have a choice. 
The church left the building, but look at all the good we did in the community when we couldn't be in the building together. The church didn't stop just because we couldn't be here because the church is more than this building. The church is so much more than that. And now listen, I will say this. We, we know that many of our church members and family are still watching online. And if that's you and you're watching online because you, you need to medically, then uh, God bless you. That is something that is never going to go away. We always want to be able to provide that for you because it's important for you to be here as well, even if you have to be here from online. Now I want to speak. Uh, let's say maybe you're watching online and let's just be honest. Pajamas and breakfast in bed is just easier, right? You know, I mean, some of us, I see y'all bundled up. It was cold outside. I mean, it was work to get here today. But if, if you're just home because it's easier and it's gotten to be that habit, I just want to share this information with you. There was a Gallup poll. Just consider this and don't tune me out. There was a Gallup poll that asked people if they would rate their mental health better this year than last they asked people in 2020 if they would say they were mentally better off this year than last. Okay, now that sounds like a fool's errand already, amen? So this is what happened. They broke it down by age, sex, income level, political affiliation, race, marital status, and you guessed it, religion. Here's what I want to tell you, church. Did you know that out of all those people, the only people that said, and literally every, every response was negative except for one, and it was four points higher, the only people that said that mentally they were better off this year than last year said that they attended weekly worship services. Can you believe that? Of all the people, the only people that said, I am better mentally now than I was this time last year are people that gathered together weekly, obviously when churches were open, of course, but when they gathered together weekly with other believers. That's a big deal. Good habits shape our spiritual journey. Good habits shape our spiritual journey. I want to give you a next step. And if, you're, if you've been following Jesus for a while and you've never taken this, it's the next step of baptism. And we're going to celebrate that today in our 12 o'clock service. Um, we're going to see some kids be baptized. And here's what it is. It's just an outward expression of an inward change. It's going public with your faith. You know, when I wear my wedding band, I'm identifying that I'm married to my wife, Jessica. When we get baptized, we are identifying that we are walking with Christ. Amen. If that's you today, you can check it on your connection card or if you're watching online or even in the room using the app, you can do that on our digital connection card. So how can I do a better job of loving others? How can I have clarity in my spiritual journey? Number three is this. What is one thing I need to do but have not done? What is one thing I need to do but I have not done? You know... If, if you've been working at the same job for 25 years and you've been miserable for the last 20, it's not their fault anymore, amen? At some point, it became your fault. You know, if you're miserable at your job, maybe the one thing you need to do is take a step towards a new job. You know, if you've been dating for 10 years and he won't commit or she won't commit or whoever won't commit, You've been dating for 10 years and, and nobody will commit to taking the next step of marriage. Maybe it's time to make a change. You know, as that great philosopher, Garth Brooks, once said, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Amen. Amen. 
You know, for us this year, it was, uh, well, there was twofold for me. One uh, was forgiveness. I had some people in my life that I needed to forgive. One of them I forgave in person. And the crazy thing is sometimes when you forgive somebody, they don't even know they've done you wrong. You ever had that? You ever gone to somebody and say, hey, I just want you to know I forgive you for that. And they're like, oh, I, I, I don't even remember that, you know. But the other person I had to forgive in my spirit. But I forgave both of those people. And I'm going to tell you, it was like a mountain off of me. Uh, one of our pastors even told me, they were like, you know, it seems like you're walking a little bit lighter today. And I was. I really and truly was. Another thing that we needed to do this year was uh, we, we've known it was needed for a while. And I actually have his permission to share this. But my son, Christian, he's in the fourth grade. And we knew for the last few years that we probably needed to try homeschooling. And I'm not saying that's what anybody else should do, but Christian kind of had some struggles with paying attention in a classroom full of screaming children. I mean, he just, he, he couldn't focus. We got him an environment he could, and all of a sudden, the, the F student and the kid that was consistently on the list of possibly retaining for the next school year, all of a sudden, he's hitting honor roll level grades because he's in the right environment for him. And it was at no fault of his own. It was a decision that we had to make. It was the one thing that we needed to do, and it was holding him back. You got to ask yourself, what's the one thing I got to do? Because sometimes it's not your life that that decision makes better. Sometimes it's somebody else's life that that one thing will change their life. Maybe you're thinking, well, you know, Chris, I, you know, you know, maybe you've read the Bible and you've heard about some of these awesome people, you know, and, and you've seen these great things they've done for God and the kingdom of God. And there's all these things that they've done. And you're like, oh, I wish I could do that, you know, but I'm, I'm not that person, you know. Uh, you got somebody like Peter who led the early church. You know, that was one of his one things was deciding to do that. And that was a big deal. Uh, Noah, Noah built an ark. That's kind of why we know who Noah is. Uh, I mean, people that have never been in a church building know who Noah is. They've heard the story. Uh, what about uh, Moses delivering the nation of Israel from bondage and slavery in Egypt? I mean, that was kind of his one thing that he's known for, right? Uh, what about Jonah? You know, he, uh, okay, well, he had the whale thing, but we know that. But what he would go on to do was preach and save an entire nation of Nineveh, and they would come to God because he, would, he was willing to do his one thing. And then you got somebody like David. We all know David is the little boy who slew the giant. He killed Goliath. That was his claim to fame. He did a lot of other things too. But before you say, well, I'm no, no great biblical hero, you know, I'm just, I, I'm just, just Bill from Stockbridge. I, I can't do those things. I can't do those things. Well, here's what you need to know is that they had stuff in their past just like you got stuff in yours. You know, Peter denied even knowing Jesus. Denied even knowing Jesus. Walked with him for three years, day by day by day, and then denied that he even knew him. Noah had a bit of a drinking problem. If you don't believe me, read the end of the story. Noah, Noah had a little bit of an issue, okay? Uh, Moses was a murderer. Moses was a murderer. You know, Jonah ran. That's how he ended up in the whale or the fish or whatever it is. I don't, I don't get into the details, but it was a big fish. And, and that's how he got into it to begin with is he literally ran from God. And before we put too much of the hero's mantle on David, he had some things in his past too before he would go on to see the ultimate greatness that God would do through him. David, uh, da David actually uh, was a cheater who put a hit out on his friend. 
Now, let me explain what I just said, just in case uh, you, you don't know what I just said. David cheated on his wife with his friend's wife, okay, had a baby with her, and then sent his friend off to battle and arranged for him to be murdered. That's what David did. But we still talk about David as this great hero, and why? Because ultimately, he made a shift, and he did the one thing he needed to do. For you, what is your one thing? Here's what I love. Many, many years after David's life, in Acts 13, 36, uh, this is what it says. David served the purpose of God in his own generation. That was his epitaph. That's what he was remembered by. Not the other stuff. He was remembered because he was willing to do his one thing and serve the purposes of God. What's your one thing, church? If you're watching online, what is your one thing? Your one thing could change the game for generations to come. And David did that. You know, doing your one thing isn't always easy, amen? We, we even saw this in Jesus' life. Luke twenty two forty two. this is what he said as he was praying right before he was betrayed. He said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Because it was hard. He said, yet not my will, but yours be done. He knew that his one thing was going to be hard. But he also knew that following God's will could change people's lives. Each one of us are here or watching online today because of that. If you are in Christ, you are here because he did something even though it was too hard for most people to be willing to do. So I'm going to give you a next step. And this is one for everybody. Whether you're watching online or you're here in the room, the next step is this. is I will take a step toward my one thing in January. I, and you can check that on your box, check that on your card, check it in the app. I will do, I will take a step. I'm not asking you to do your one thing by January. You know, maybe your one thing is, is to build a business or to plan a wedding or, or to talk about starting a family. You know, whatever it is, you know, you're probably not going to get it on 1-1, one, one, okay? Let's just be honest. But before the month of January is over, take one step. That's what I'm challenging you to do is take a step toward your one thing. Now, maybe you're here in the room today or you're watching online and your one thing needs to be starting a relationship with Jesus. We see people do this every week. We see lives changed every week. It is such a blessing to get to see and be a part of. But here's what I'm going to do. If that's you, I'm just going to say a quick prayer. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads. And, and listen, before I do, if that's you today, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to do anything weird. I'm just going to ask you to check that box on your paper connection card or on your digital connection card. Let's pray. Father, I know that I have not always lived a perfect life. I know that I've got things in my life that are unpleasing and sinful to you, God. I just, I just ask for your forgiveness over those things, and I accept and embrace that, and I want to ask you into my life and to help me do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If that's you, we just want to pray for you this week. We just want to pray for you. Can we give a hand? Can we give the church a hand? Uh, God a hand? That's right. Somewhere, somebody's life changed today, and I really do believe that. Even whether they check it or not, I believe that, and we're going to pray for you. So we've asked a few questions. How can I do a better job of loving others? How can I grow in my spiritual journey? What is one thing I need to do but haven't done? And this is the fourth one, and this might hit home the hardest. Might hit home the hardest. But number four is this. Am I willing to stop running? 
am I willing to stop running? You know, people run from things. And it's not always something that they're afraid of. Sometimes we just run because it's easier. People run from big important things. They run from marriages because it's easier. You know, well, I'm going uh, I'm to run from here to there because it looks a little better over there. Or, or I'm going to run uh, away because I, just, I feel this great responsibility and I don't feel like I'm measuring up. Or people run from families. They run from a lot of things. Uh, people might have problems with their kids in school. So they run to another county hoping that that school system will fix all their problems. Like, have you ever seen this? You know what I'm talking about? Maybe you've done it. You know, oh, well, well I'm having issues over here, so I'm just going to move to this neighborhood, and that's going to fix everything. But you know, the crazy thing about going on vacation is you take your baggage with you. And when you move, you take your baggage with you. You know, I've heard people say, you know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm moving to another church because somebody there hurt me. And I just want to tell you, if you've been in church longer than a minute and nobody's hurt your feelings, you, pro- you have probably haven't been to church. Because churches are filled with imperfect people, amen? We hear this all the time. Another way of running, and we don't often think about this, but another way that we run from things is by blaming others and not accepting responsibility for ourselves. That's a way that we run. Well, it's not my fault. They did it to me. They did it to me. They did it. Like I said earlier, if you've been at a job for 25 years and been miserable for 20, at some point it's your fault. I will tell you this. We've had a lot of personal attacks. Uh, All of us have probably seen or experienced those in 2020, but what about the spiritual attacks? I really do believe that the enemy has used all the negativity in today's world to do everything he can to get between you and Jesus. I really, really believe that. And, and the Bible tells us a little bit about his tactics. The Bible tells us a little bit about his tactics. First Peter 5 and 8 says this, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, here's the first thing that I notice, and this verse gets me every time, but I got to be honest with you. Sober is the last thing my mind is behaving like if there's a roaring lion chasing after me. Okay, I'm behaving like anything but sober. Okay, I'm falling over everything, you know. So are you. So are you. But, but, but that just kind of sets the stage. Because in James 4 and 7, in James 4 and 7, says this, so humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The roaring lion will flee from you if you are willing to humble yourself before God. You know, and maybe you're thinking, you know, well, God, I I can't do it alone. I, I can't do that just because, so God, I've submitted to you and, and I'm doing my best to, to resist the devil and to resist this roaring lion, and I want him to flee from me. But I can't do it alone. Well, God's got a word for you too. In Deuteronomy 20, verse 4, this is what it says, and I think they're going to start playing here. But in Deuteronomy 20, verse 4, this is what it says, For the Lord your God. Read that first sentence with me. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight He's the one that goes with you to fight. 
Like, and you could stop there. Amen? He's the one that goes with you to fight. There's a roaring lion in front of you, but I've submitted to God. And for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight. Not to fight with you. He doesn't need your help. He's the one that goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you a victory. Isn't that a beautiful thing to think about that God doesn't need me to fight for me? You know what I mean? I've always heard that you should work as if everything depends on you and pray as if everything depends on God. And while I do believe there's something good in that, that, that that there's some wisdom there, it's good to know that no matter what, if I am submitted to God, it doesn't matter if the devil roars around like 20 roaring lions. Amen? God is with me. And he's for me. You know, I've actually asked them to sing uh, the same song that they sang right before. Um, I've asked them to sing the same song as Graves in the Gardens. I'm going to get you guys to stand, and I just want to recap today. If you can answer these questions, if you can answer these questions today, your 2021 can be better. But you can't just answer a couple of them, okay? They all work together. They all work together. And I really do believe that as they're going to sing in just a moment, there's nothing greater than God. There's nothing greater than God. Say that with me. There's nothing greater than God. We can go into next year believing that and living that. We can love people better. We can grow spiritually. We can do that one thing that's going to be a game changer for us or others. And finally, finally, we can stop running. We can turn around and we can face that lion. We can look in our past and we can see that grave start to turn into a garden. We can look at last year and see it fading away. We can see the blooms of spring coming. Amen? Amen. Let's worship. Worship with all your heart today, church. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.